Hello and welcome to Ion Oakland. I'm Chuck Moss, your host, coming through the virtual magic. And uh, we've got a great guest today, David Dulio, one of our favorite people, a distinguished professor, Oakland University Center for Civic Engagement. I think that does that cover it? Is there's probably a lot more, but that covers, that covers it. Thanks. All right. You you know, you know the political world as good as anybody who's uh many around. So I got a quick question here. What's going on? <laughs> And I think the uh, and excuse What's me. What's not going on? I've I've been sick all weekend, so we're we're uh, we're doing this show, and I'm just getting over some kind of cold or or virus. Um, so if I cough or sneeze, you have to forgive me. Same for your guests. Uh, and I think you just nailed that, Chuck. It's it's not what's happening; it's what's not happening. There is so much. Every time I I, I think, okay, I've seen it all, or uh, this is uh, this is it. Something else happens right i mean it's just unlike any other time that i can remember in american politics and now i'm gonna sort of date myself and maybe you worse than 68 i mean that I, I was 14 in 1968 and the candidates were getting shot so well uh and, and 68 was before my time so um you you, you dated me somewhat uh, and and that's fair, I, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I think that we could also go back to, well, let me put it this way. I think in in many respects, it's unlike any time we've ever seen before in terms of vitriol and rancor um, violence. Right. I think 68 is there. But in terms of, of what some would call negativity or or rancor, go back to the 1860s and. And what uh, people said about Abraham Lincoln in uh, uh, in in that campaign, and it it uh, you know would make people blush to even today. So in in some respects, it's not as bad as it's ever been, but in many respects, I think it is. And, and just in terms of the 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 swirl that is that is there, and and you know I have to think that that the access to information, the social media. Um, 24 hour news cycle, all of that contributes uh, to the to, uh, to the environment and context in, in which we're we're living. It's it's kind of amazing. I, I years and years ago, writing columns for the Detroit News, I I think I hit on I said that somehow we've we've grown this insane nervous system, and without the brain to handle it, you know, with the stimulus, and uh, it's like some weird animal that freaks at everything. Uh, but uh, so let's let's get some specifics. Is the Michigan Republican Party totally in the ditch? I mean, it seems to me like it's in the ditch and it's still trying to off-road the, the, in a Kia, you know? Yeah, I, I think that some of the, the worst fears about the, the status of the party coming out of the most recent uh, leadership elections are starting to come to fruition, right? I think the, the fact, and, and I'll just give you two examples from, from where I sit, certainly outside of, of any, um, you know, decision-making circles or, you know, I'm just sort of reading the tea leaves based on what I read in the newspaper. But number one, um, well, maybe three, we'll go with three. I think they're having trouble raising money, which is going to be a real problem uh, and feeds into the next two, right? We, the, the party can't seem to find a high-profile U.S. Senate candidate to take on uh, Alyssa Slotkin, who is, is uh, you know, well, she's not the only Democrat in the race, but she's the odds-on favorite to win that primary. And, uh, and and I think that there's real big questions about how they're going to handle the uh, the presidential primary, um, given that 
RNC rules uh, would permit uh, one thing in terms of the date of the 2024 presidential primary. But of course, as you know, Michigan, the legislature has uh, uh, established a different date that would violate Republican uh, National Party rules. And, you know, one of the one of the solutions there is for the the MRP to have um, a caucus or a convention. But but their question is, do they have the funds to, to pay for it? So I think that there are there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the the MIGOP right now. Well, yeah, I mean, is the I hate to put it that's put this way. I mean, I let's face it, I'm a Republican. I've been a Republican. I run. Is the Michigan GOP basically becoming the Bud Light of uh, politics? It's a a brand gone kaput, or at least at the state level. Well, you know, I think that that with the right messenger, the the Michigan Republican Party is is could be in fine shape, right? I think that. Um, you know, it's not necessarily the party brand. I, I think it's it's the questions really surround the direction that Christina Caramo and and her uh, uh, her other leadership allies are, are going to take the party, um, and and we'll have to wait and see, right? What the what what comes of that? Well, I think the uh, I think the parties are both reinventing themselves. I mean, the Reagan coalition that was over that was almost forty five years ago. Yeah, things have changed. For instance, I, I find the old Christian right is basically gone. The uh, mood of the party, if you will, is very libertarian. It's like, you know, I mean, the dreaded homosexual, oh, my God, you know, I mean, that, that's over. Nobody cares yeah. about that anymore. Yeah. So it's you know, it's like, you know, guess what? It wasn't the end of society, uh, of integration of gay, gays. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, you've got a whole new, a whole new uh, era reinventing itself. I guess I'm going to ask who represents the normies who represents the normal people you know the the old silent majority nobody seems to really be talking to them i think that's a a really great point chaka you know and i th i would say a couple things about that um number one I, I think both parties are are really focused on their base and and that of course leaves out the normies right that leaves out the the folks in the middle or who consider themselves moderates or independents. Right. And I think that that in, in the actions of of both the Republicans and the Democrats, um, I think at the state level and the uh, and the national level, uh, you see that taking place. Right. I mean, take it take here in Michigan. Right. The um, of course, uh, Democrats have a very successful 2022 uh, election and and win uh, across the board and, and take control of Lansing uh, for the first time in 40 years um, so that they control all the levers of power. And, and I think that that some of the things that they have passed have, have been um, uh, aimed at their base. And, and you know, you got to wonder, OK, is that going to come back to bite them in, in, in the down the road? And I think that the National Democrats are, are doing um, some of the same things that one of the one of the best pieces of, of campaign advice that, that I've heard somebody give um, is a uh, it comes from a, a Democratic political consultant. Um, I, I won't name him, but I'll cite him. Um, and uh, he just said, be less crazy than the other guy. Right. I mean, that that's really what it comes down to these days. Well, there was a, a politician who said uh, for the Republican nomination is you can't win the nomination without the conservatives, but you can't win the election with only the conservatives. Right. It was Richard Nixon. Yeah. Uh, so this goes back a long way. Uh, 
you know, the uh, my guess is, uh, you know, I never had much to do with state party. They always seemed very Lansing struck and they didn't have mm. a clue southeast of Williamston, uh, you know. But uh, it seems like this political era is an era has ended. You know, it was the John Engler age, if you will. And it started in 1991. It's been over 30 years. Uh, these things run in cycles. And the GOP is going to have to figure it out. But I'm telling you, the uh, what we call what we call normies, or what I'm calling them, uh, you know, uh, these are full of groups you wouldn't normally think that would vote. For instance, uh, Hispanics, if you will, which is a very large you know group of people, uh, you know, with different different things. And uh, gay, uh, from what I've seen, gays and lesbians are mainly just they're middle class. They like everybody else, right? If you see, you know, legal immigrants, what we call Asian, which could be anybody from Vladivostok down to you know Tel Aviv. Uh, parents, this is this is this is everybody. And you can't sell Christina Carmano and you can't sell the grassroots to these guys. They don't care. You're not talking to them. Right. I think that that's um, a signal, uh, you know, of where the party is right now is is really about the the successes that the the Trump wing of the party had um, in in 2016 and beyond in in gaining control of um, precinct delegate spots and, and then uh, county party organizations. And then, of course, it, it has blossomed here in, in 2023 um, to have, uh, you know, that wing of the party seeming to, seemingly controlling um, the entirety of the, of the Michigan Michigan GOP. Well, yeah, except, you know, they've talked to one guy who says, we're the grassroots. And this is a couple of months ago. I said, OK, if you're the grassroots, where's the grass? I mean, you don't see any grass. I mean, look, you know, it's, it's all just bare. And maybe you're the roots, but you haven't come up with anything. So, because- so I, I think that's a good point, right? Because the, uh, uh, you know, the, the I, I am of the opinion that the um, that the folks that are in control of the party organizations, and that I think goes from the from the MIGOP on down to the to the county um, and and precinct levels, are are not reflective of the broader. Uh, Michigan Republican Party, you know, the, the, the Republicans in Michigan, right? Because it is a, a, a wider coalition than just uh, those folks that includes normies that, that you're talking about, right? I think that, um, you know, if, if, if you look, uh, you know, Republicans um, have had successes in, in some, some demographic groups that um, they uh, haven't had so much before. I mean, look at, um, and, I, and this is going to sort of change the, change the, the track here, but that's okay. You know, look at look at the successes that Ron DeSantis had in Florida uh, last time around. He won everywhere, right? With a message that was about um, the some of the things that that you're talking about, right? And 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 some of the and aimed at some of the groups that you're talking about: parents, Hispanic Americans, right? And he won everywhere and just and just. Uh, uh, dominated Charlie Crist and not a, he's not a crazy Democrat. In fact, I think he used to be a Republican, right? I mean, it's crazy to think about. Yes. Well, you know, it's uh, that there's this thing called the middle. And I do know that, uh, you know, in my career, I could, I could never sell that really right stuff of the, you know, the grassroots. I couldn't sell that. My district didn't even try. Oh, no. And, and in, in Birmingham's a, a really interesting place, right? Because it has, it has now shifted and it's, 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 de- it's a democratic, uh, not stronghold, but but it's a democratic place now, right? Because I, I think that that some recent candidates have uh, made it difficult for folks in in places that used to be 
um, tried and true Republican territory uh, made it difficult for folks to vote for some of those people. Yeah, well, they'd, they'd vote for Reagan. They'd vote for, but they're, nah, they got a lot of people that are not going to vote for Trump. They're just not. They don't want to hear it. Um, so uh, you just say, no, I'm not about, I'm not, but I, I stand for A, B, and C. They'll do it. Yeah. It could be that, uh, you know, I don't know that Trump can reinvent himself. But well, first of all, he doesn't want to try. So he's, he's oh, going to no. yeah, he's gonna be doing what he's doing. Um, and he might even win. I don't know. Uh, but uh, before we uh, before we take our break, uh, just real quick, is, um, you know, is Oakland County Democrat forever? I don't think so. You know, I, I think that Republicans have an opportunity uh, with the right candidate and the right message. And, and you know, you mentioned Trump. I, and I'll, I'll point you to the simple fact that in in um, in his Senate race in, in 2020, John James got a, a higher percentage of the vote in Oakland County than Trump did and got more raw votes out of Oakland County than Trump did. So I think that that is a signal that Again, the right candidate with the right message um, can can be an attractive uh, option for for folks in Oakland County. Now, uh, a bigger problem, I think, is the the fact that Tudor Dixon lost to to Gretchen Whitmer in twenty two by a margin of one hundred and forty five thousand votes. That is a that is a crusher of a result, and you know it, that that it not only signals problems in Oakland County but statewide. Republicans can't win statewide with that kind of gap. Um, they need well, to they may not be able to win statewide with a candidate that's number six in the list because the top five got thrown right. out because of bad petitions. Also but very true. In 1972, uh, the comedy group Firesign Theater had a fake run, and the candidate who said he just ran his, his platform was not insane, which was kind of uh, not bad for those days. Well, we're going to take a break. We're talking with Dave Dulio, distinguished professor, Oakland County, excuse me, Oakland University Center for Civic, Civic Engagement. We'll talk about the Democrats and maybe go uh, national. I'm Chuck Moss. Don't go away. We'll be right back here on Ion Oakland. Welcome back to Ion Oakland with Dave Dulio, Distinguished Professor, Oakland University and the Center for Civic Engagement. I remember when you were chairman of the poli-sci department. Uh, got a question now. We were, we've been really beating up on the Republicans. Uh, on to the Democrats. They are enjoying certainly a, a nice season right now, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. They seem, um, they seem to have turned their back on a lot of their former constituent groups. Do you see them with an uninterrupted era of dominance? I don't. I think that, um, you know, Democrats need to be careful not to overreach in the um, in the remaining uh, months and year of, of their uh, first time in control of, of all things Lansing. I think that, um, you know, we, we tend to forget or we can forget that Michigan is is not a, a one party state. Right. I mean, certainly Democrats control everything. Right. They they had a as we said in the last segment, right? They had a wonderful uh, uh, electoral victory in 2022, but um, those House and Senate majorities are razor thin. And it's only going to take in, in 2024 the flipping of a couple of seats 
for Republicans to take back majority in the House. And then in, in you know, two years after that, we, we've got the, the, the Senate up and again, only, a, you know, a couple seats that that um, that would need to, to go the other way when there were there were a handful uh, that were decided by less than a thousand votes in uh, in both the House and the Senate races. So I, I think that that uh, Democrats need to you know, th th it'll be really interesting to see what they do the, the remainder of this legislature, right, where where they've they've gotten a lot of their high profile stuff through and onto the governor's desk. Well, now what do they do next, right? Do they do they kind of pivot and go back to the to the normies that we're talking about and try to address maybe some more of those kitchen table issues that that I think folks are looking for in terms of 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 common sense solutions to to everyday problems or or do they continue to um uh, you know sort of go to their base and look for even more um sort of payoff victories if you will for um uh you know for for folks that have backed them for for years and years unions you keep saying unions yeah i mean it looks to me like they've just uh really rammed the clock back as far as they can go to try to make it 1950 forever for the unions and uh i, I see unions as essentially um in their current form a spent force uh, but here's the deal i mean california wasn't a one-party state either but they uh they changed the structure. Now, the Democrats did not in Michigan win the, uh, the, the situation that they had prior to this year. They, through the uh, amendment process, changed, uh, they changed this, they changed the playing field very, very seriously. So now my question is with all the changes that they made, the gerrymander, and that's what it turned out to be through the, uh, through the commission and all, have they structurally set it up so they can't be voted out? Yes, a governor can come and win or not win. But the legislature, has that been structurally changed so the Democrats can't really lose? I don't think so. I think that there are enough competitive districts where um, where Republicans can hold majorities in both the House and the Senate. I think that, um, you know, and, and, and what that's going to, what that could produce, right, is just this, this flip-flop back and forth of, uh, you know, one one uh, two-year period has got, you know, Democrats in control and then Republicans in control for two years. Um, and, and that doesn't, I don't think, sets up, I don't think that sets up for very good policymaking because you can have this this sort of windshield wiper effect. Um, but I think what they what they did in the in the commission was um, and, and we can argue about whether or not they followed the uh, um, the mandates of the constitutional amendment and the criteria that were set forth in in, in the uh, in the ballot proposition. But I think what they did was was draw districts that are um, are, are linked to the, the statewide uh, aggregate vote for for uh, House and Senate candidates. Right. So. You know, Democrats won the aggregate vote statewide for for state house races, pretty much fifty one forty nine, and the same in the Senate last time around, and that's kind of the the outcome of the um, of the chambers, right? They got a, a basically a, a one vote majority uh, in 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 both uh, houses, and and I think that that um, that's what they were really after. But to do that, you you know, you use the word gerrymander. Um, 
Uh, and I, I would use the same thing. I think it's just a different kind of gerrymander that we got. We got uh, a map that's gerrymandered to produce in some places um, uh, competitive districts. And I, that is what's going to lead, I think, in the next um, uh, eight years, right, while we're working under these maps, it's going to lead to um, uh, potentially back and forth control of the certainly the House. Well, I know that, uh, for instance, Birmingham uh, now goes uh, down to uh, I-96. Yeah. I don't don't know how you run in that kind of district. Uh, I don't either. And, and, you know, there are there are a number of those districts in 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 Oakland County and a little and and just to the east in Macomb that go from the suburbs down into the city of Detroit. And and I had a colleague of mine describe them as bacon strip districts. Uh, And and I think that that's a, a pretty good descriptor. Um, you know, like those old, like the old French, like the old French uh, lines of property. You know, they go from the river out to Hamtramck. Right on, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is that they talked about community of interest, and I understand. I, I've quite have heard that the Detroit delegation was absolutely livid about this, and uh, I don't blame them. Don't blame them a bit. Uh, did it? I think it decreased minority representation up at the yes. state level too, and I don't know how that doesn't violate the you know, um, Voting Rights Act. But I, 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 I'm not an attorney. I, I think you can you can certainly ask those questions, and 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 I think the the, the some Democrats in Detroit actually absolutely did ask those questions when they filed the lawsuit um, right after the maps were were produced. Um, well, I, I believe that that one of those lawsuits, maybe two of them are still active. So, you know, we'll see how those turn out. But, you know, I, I, again, I, I, I've heard others describe the maps, um, the state house and state Senate maps as a racial gerrymander um, in, in, in another direction that, that wouldn't, you know, that provides um, not provides, it actually takes away right representation from African-Americans in the city. Uh, so it, it, this is just another lesson in 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 what redistricting is all about, right? And and gerrymandering is in the eye of the beholder. Um, you know, it's it's it, almost any map uh, can be described as a gerrymander. Well, the rumor was in uh, was it 2010 that the people who were putting the map together, the Republicans, essentially went to the Detroit delegation and said, "Look, you guys draw your own maps. Just we don't." We don't want to violate the we don't want to violate voting rights. We don't want to decrease minority representation. Just draw your own maps. Give them to us. We'll you know we'll make it work. Now I have no idea whether that's true or not, but that would have been a very smart move to make. Is that um, you know look you we don't want to decrease minority representation by any to leave us open. Uh, on the other hand, uh, as far as it being uh, you know favoring Republicans, it was although we lost some districts here in Oakland. Uh, the district I represented went Democrat, so yeah. it couldn't have been too uh, mm-hmm. couldn't have been too gerrymandered. Uh, so let's talk about the Democrats. I think they have a problem because they too have turned their backs on uh, the normies. Uh, middle class, I think middle class is also in there, although normies, as far as I'm concerned, goes far beyond that. Uh, the Democrats don't, at least nationally, seem to be. I don't know where they're going, unless unless you want to think it's nowhere good. I don't know, Chuck. I, I think that it's it's fascinating to watch. Um, let's just take this this uh, debt ceiling uh, battle that we've got brewing between the 
the White House and 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 uh, the the U.S. House with Speaker McCarthy and and President Biden, right? I mean, I think that any American that looks at this and says, "Okay, if I tried to manage my household like this, uh, I would be in deep trouble." How can they uh, keep raising the limit without trying to find ways to cut back? I think that that just makes too much sense for those normies, and and I think the White House is playing with fire here. On, uh, on how this is going to be interpreted. Unless they don't care. I mean, who's you know, who's running the White House? I don't know. Uh, I can't, uh, you know, you knew that Donald Trump was definitely the boss. Uh, whether he gave an order and it got obeyed is another matter. But uh, with Biden, I don't even know if Biden knows if it's Tuesday or Czechoslovakia. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, I, I think they're also playing with fire when they, when they, when they look at Joe Biden as a, as, as the answer in 2024. Right. And, and, and that's just, that's not just me saying that, right. There are, I mean, poll after poll after poll of Democrats says, yeah, we're not sold on this guy. Maybe we should try to find somebody else, but their problem is who's next. Right. Kamala Harris, which, and, and as you know, her numbers are even worse than, than the president's. And then you start going down the list and, and, and frankly, you don't have to go too far down the list until you get to Gretchen Whitmer. Well, Gretchen Whitmer, um, you know, she's uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, we'll just just we'll see. I do know that uh, Kamala Harris has a great career ahead of her as like a new age guru. I mean, all these things that she says would make perfect sense if you had, you know, like uh, tinkling charms and maybe some uh, uh, chakra stuff. I, you know, she didn't really say today is the first day of the rest of your day, but she might as well have. Uh, what I said that, but the thing is, is that uh, the Dems. I mean, it seems like I mean, are the are the liberals still around, or are, is it all just Marxists now? Well, I think you know maybe, um, and I hate to sound all political theory ish on us here, but um, oh, that's okay. Well, I mean, I, I you know, there's probably some neoliberalism in there somewhere. Um, you know, it's sort of beyond what you and I would think of as the the traditional liberal Democrat, right? And 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 I think that that's been a a transition that's been underway for for several years, right? When you think about um, you know the 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 move from even the label of liberal to progressive, right? Yeah. And and the shift from you know the old Ted Kennedy days, the the liberal lion of the Senate, um, you know, is is is. Is that around anymore? I, I'm not so sure when you've got folks like Bernie Sanders and, and Elizabeth Warren really controlling a lot of the narrative around the Democratic Party uh, and even Chuck Schumer for that matter. Yeah, well, the the progressives are just rebranding. Yeah, I, I say they're just rebranding socialists or communists, whatever. The bottom line is, is it's because they're authoritarian. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we're going to real quick. Uh, the media suicide, and I'm going to just call it that, has left a real gap. Where do you go for information other than this show and ChuckBoss.com? <laughs> uh, I, I I go everywhere. I, I think the I I assume that politics is everywhere. I assume that bias is everywhere. So I try to find a, a, a broad spectrum of information and then piece it together from there. Figure that if I read enough things, I can probably triangulate what the truth is. Well, good. No one, no one should believe any one, any one source anymore. I mean, Walter Cronkite blew the biggest story of his career, and you know we lost the Vietnam War. Thank you very much. So it's good we don't believe one guy. But uh, uh, you should. Do you have a blog? Do you do? Uh, if you do, you have one? I don't. I I, uh, I don't. I 
I have uh, um, eschewed social media because uh, I think it's a cesspool um, for uh, for a lot of reasons, and um, uh, so I stay away from from a lot of that. Yeah, you're smart. You're smart. I mean, I'm in it, but what can I say? You know, I. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, this has been great. Uh, one last word Go, going forward into 2024. Trump or Biden? Boy, if, if it's if it's Trump Biden rematch, I mean, I, there are going to be a ton of disappointed and disgruntled Americans out there if that is the choice that we have. And it could be worse. It could be Nixon McGovern. Well, George Wallace is the 